Welcome to another Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. Brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. Staying well, staying home. We're returning to Coronation Street for this week's Distinct Nostalgia Soap episode. And this time we're going back over 40 years to remember a character who played a very important role as corner shopkeeper and eventually wife of street stalwart Alf Roberts, played by Brian Mosley. Alf, who would one day marry Audrey, played by Sue Nichols, had been a character in Coronation Street almost since the beginning. Rini Bradshaw first arrived in the street in 1976, and just two years later, she and Alf were walking down the aisle. Rini was played by Madge Hindle, who'd been starring in another successful Granada TV series, the comedy Nearest and Dearest, with the eccentric comedy actress Hilda Baker and comedian Jimmy Jewell. As she recalls to MIM's Ashley Byrne, it was while in Nearest and Dearest that legendary Corrie producer Bill Podmore picked her out for the street role. Bill Podmore used to direct Nearest and Dearest, or, or the, latter, the latter two episodes of... Uh, um, series of nearest and dearest and uh, and and, uh, and therefore i'd never been in the street and uh, and it was handy to uh, get somebody in the street of course if you if you live in the north you, you they don't need to pay you expenses you know there's always that as a so anyway i i uh, i joined in 76 and uh, his invitation you know i didn't i didn't have to read for it or anything like that i knew what i could do and and uh, and it was a shop and i said well you know i I couldn't even work the tail. I was I was fairly useless, but um, it was but it was it was it was nice. It was I, I quite enjoyed being in. You know whether had they not written me out and whether I would stayed much longer, I don't know because there's I realise there's a, a wider world outside, and um, I may I may or I may not have stayed in. I don't really know. I can't tell. But however, they they wrote me out. Uh, of course, but in terms of the character itself. I remember her being quite a sort of. Um, she was quite chatty, wasn't she? She was a bit, a bit, could be a little bit gossipy as a character. I think they wanted me to be like Ina Sharples, uh, taking over sort of an Ina Sharples, Violet Carson. You know, Violet Carson played Ina Sharples, and I think they wanted more that sort of character. But the problem was that I, I, I ran the shop, and you can't be. Icy like that. If you run in a shop, can you really? You know, people wouldn't be coming in the shop, <laughs> and it and it was it was rather difficult to to be like that uh, with um, uh, in the circumstances that they put me, and it, it was it was it was very peculiar. But I remember Violet. Uh, I used to, I was terrified the first day. I, I found myself in the green room with with Violet Carson. And oh God, I was terrified of her. And uh, she said, uh, she said to me, "And how are you?" And she was very posh. She came from St. Anne's and lived in St. Anne's. And she was uh, said, "Have you? How's the day gone? And have you enjoyed your first day? Are you enjoying your first day here?" And I said, uh, "I said yes, yes. It's um, it, it's 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 very good." And she said, "And do do you do do you do you come from a?" Uh, a, a theatrical family. I said, no, 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 no. She said, uh, she said, your husband's not in the business. I said, no, no, no. I, no. I said, my husband's a, a solicitor. And she said, oh, quite right, dear. So much better than those dreadful actors. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was great, really. And she played the piano, you know. And she, she, um, and always at Christmas, we always had a, a piano in the, in, in the robber's return at Christmas, and she would be playing it. And 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 then when we'd finished shooting and everything, she'd start and we'd have a sing song, and it was just lovely. I was 
lucky enough to work with a lot of the original ones. It had been going 16 years when I when I went in, and um, or thereabouts. And, uh, and of course, there was a wonderful Annie Walker, played by Doris Speed, and uh, Jack Howard played Albert Tatlock, and, and of course, there was lovely Pat Phoenix there, and Bill Roach, of course, who was still there. Uh, and there were great characters, and uh, uh, Doris was just wonderful, Doris Speed. She was... Um, she she was she was a uh, her first first time she spoke to me it was about the second day and she said oh welcome Madge I'm so I'm so loved you in nearest and dearest I it, it was it was just just lovely and and uh, it's, it's, do you play bridge and I said uh, no actually Doris I don't and she said, oh dear she said I thought proper actors played bridge <laughs> <laughs> when she. Uh, well into well, well into um, being there, uh, we were we were in the rowers' return, and there was a, a guest in called Roger Brearley, and uh, he was a very tall actor, and, and we were doing the camera rehearsal, and she and uh, she was and he was dodging about a lot, and she said, uh, she said, dear. Um, what 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 are you doing, Roger? You know, sort of dodging about like that. He said, "Well, I'm 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 trying to keep I'm 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 trying to keep the sh- the the a shadow from you. You know, my my, my shadows uh, on you all the time. So I'm trying to get it off." And she said, "Quite right, dear. The dull cues are full of young men who have cast a shadow on my face." <laughs> Wonderful. Do you think that uh, people like Doris and uh, Violet and whatever? were actually quite, you know, do you think their characters and them were quite similar in a way? No, not really. Well, well, certainly Doris wasn't. Doris was, um, no, Doris was very, very funny. She was, oh, God, she was a funny, very, very amusing woman. And, and, a, and, a, and a, a left-wing socialist as well. And she was, she was, just, she was, just, she was just a wonderful um, uh, character. Uh, and, and Violet was different in her own. She was very posh, was Violet. Very, very posh indeed. Uh, no, they were, they were, they, they were, they were great, great characters, and I, I love being with them. I, I, I love listening to them because they'd they'd done so many other things. And uh, uh, Violet Carson played the piano for Half a Go Joe, you know, which was Wilfred Pittles. <laughs> many years ago, when I was a child and I was a little one. She went back a long way, didn't she? Um, oh yes, absolutely. With regards to uh, just talking about, you mentioned uh, you you mentioned Jack Howarth. And now yeah. he he was a bit of a character, wasn't he? Oh, he was. He was, it was wonderful. <laughs> it, it was it was it was great. It was Jack. He, he came up to me and he said, um, and "The first that's the first thing he said to me was uh, he said, no, no. He said, I, I believe you come from Blackburn, Madge.' And I said, uh, yes. He said, oh, he said, our David was conceived in Blackburn. I said, Jack, you've only just met me. I said, I said, you shouldn't be telling me things like that. And he said, uh, he, he said, oh, he said, no. He said, um. I think I'll call you Blackburn. He said, they call, Cle- they call Cleopatra Egypt. There's no reason why I shouldn't call you Blackburn. <laughs> and so, she, so he kept calling you Blackburn throughout the entire time. Blackburn, yeah, 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 he did. He always <laughs> called Blackburn. Fabulous. Now, your first storyline was with, was with Doris, wasn't it? With, with Annie Walker. That was oh, the first... cracky, was it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think you were, a bit of a, no you were a bit of a rival for her or something. There was some, I think she was... Um, because you came in to take over the shop, and I think um, that's right. I can't yeah. remember exactly what it was. But oh I think... yes, and I think I remember having um, 
uh, I, we went to court about licensing for for alcohol because the the shop wanted a, a license for alcohol because in those days you had to have, of course. And um, and 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 there was I remember being a court scene with me and Doris trying and her trying to stop me from having a a, a license a, a, a liquor license. And uh, and I remember I remember she said. However, she said to me, um, I, uh, the wardrobe had given me a, a, a very bright green coat to wear, and well, well, quite smart, but a bright green coat. And uh, and just just as the floor manager was was waving a, a his little white handkerchief, saying, you know, they were getting, and I and I had to, I had to start the dialogue, and he was just about to do it, and she said, she went, Madge, pss, Madge, what, 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 what? She said, who told you you suited green? And, and and then I had to start with the whole proceedings. She was quite naughty. <laughs> I remember that green coat, you know. I do remember it. I remember it. I remember it. <laughs> I think I wore it quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they must have thought it suited suited uh, your, your, yeah. your character. Um, yeah. Now, of course, you're, so you're in the shop, and as you say, the shop is quite restrictive in a way, isn't it? But you are there to take in. You are there to take in the gossip, aren't you? That's the whole idea, isn't it? When yes, you're the shop, yes, that's the whole idea. You do. You do a bit of serving, and and the 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 till always hit you in. It it, it hit you in the stomach. It, it was. It, it didn't really work. It was a bit like. A, do you remember? Um, uh, uh, oh, no, hours. Yes, yes. When, when um, Ronnie Bach used to hit the till and he used to, he used to come and hit it. Well, it, ours did that. It was, it was just very difficult to manhandle. And it, uh, it, it was, it was a, a prop that uh, I never really got on with. Uh, and you were, in, you were in open all hours as well, weren't you, of course? Indeed, indeed. So of course so so you had the shop, you were there, I think you'd had a I think the backstory was that you'd had you split up from your husband or something or No 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 no, no. I I'd, I'd come to join my brother. I had a younger brother who had gone in the shop first. He uh, and, and he he'd already been in it a, 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 a month or two, and then I went in to be his sister and then it and then my character took off from there. Apparently, what happened? Going back to the beginning of your character, Reedy visits her brother Terry Bradshaw. Terry, Terry, Terry. And, that's right. I was called Bradshaw. Yes, I was. And notices mm. that the corner shop is for sale. Mm. Mm. She then decides to purchase the corner shop and opens it as Reedy Bradshaw. That's ev- right. Yes, I remember ev- that. Evicting Gail Porter, Helen Worth, oh, Tr- right. Trisha Hopkins, Kathy Jones, and Elsie Tanner from the upstairs right. flat. So, oh, right. Right? so oh, your character right. wasn't very popular at the beginning. No, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. No, no. I've forgotten all that. <laughs> yeah. So who was the guy that played your brother then? Let me have a look. Did see I, I think him. he's died. It was nice, lad. But somebody told me that he died. He was, but tra- he was, he was, played, he was played by a guy called Bob Mason. Bob Mason. That's right, Bob Mason. And yeah, yeah he, di- he died in 2004. I thought he, I thought he died. Yes, yes. He's only, he's only, he's only fifty. He's only fifty. He's fifty-three. Fifty-three. Yes, But he'd been in a lot of things. He was in all sorts of oh, things yeah, over the years. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I uh, noticed him quite a few times in various things. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and then of course they married me off to to um, Alf Roberts. Well, let, let's let's talk about that because obviously that was the main the main thrust of your period. Yes, there was, was was getting mm-hmm. together with. With with Brian Mosley, tell us a bit about Brian and how you you how, what it was like working with him. 
Oh, it was lovely. We 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 did enjoy one another's company, and uh, in fact, we now and again, now and again, the four of us, Norma, who was his wife, and Michael, my husband, uh, we we sometimes would have a uh, have an evening meal together, you know, or something like that. We 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 became friends. He, he was a, a, a very very nice man, a lovely family man. He had six children, and he was he was just a sweetheart. Uh, but but and he was very naughty, you know. He would I would say to him if we had a particularly lot to do and, and, and the storyline was us. Um, I said, come on, Brian, let's just, just go snip it. When other people were rehearsing, I said, come on, let's just nip into the corridor and, and just go throw the lines at one another. And he said, oh, God. <laughs> I like I was bullying. Oh, you do bully me. He said, Christ, I'm not really married to you, you know. And he'd be all, he used to say things like that. And, and he was, uh, but he was, he was good to work with. Very good to work. With. He was always very sound and solid, and you know, and and uh, and, and he was good fun too. No, he was. I had a lot of a, a, a lot of uh, admiration for Brian. No, he was a, a sweetheart. Of course, he'd been in the he'd been in the program for quite a long time, hadn't he? Before, yeah, he uh, had. Yeah, you know. he had. When did you get a sort of inkling that they were likely to marry you off with uh, with, with with his character then? Oh, we pick up the script on the on the Wednesday, and it and there it is. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. <laughs> You know, and, and and you start sort of, and 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 then you thought, oh, now are, are they going to pal us up together? You know, and there, there was a build up, of course, a little build up, but it's never a very big build up because they haven't time. But um, it, it was, um, it, it, you just get the script and you just find out from there, you know, what what how it progresses, and um, and then uh, and then of course there was a marriage and all of that malarkey. And uh, it was uh, no, it was it was okay. And but it was a very very funny thing. It always tittled me that every time there was something like a marriage in anything, we we uh, Bill Podmore always used to we, we always used to have some uh, a little glass of champagne, all of us, <laughs> to celebrate. <laughs> so it seemed, it seemed it seemed ridiculous to me. You know, <laughs> we weren't really getting married. You know? <laughs> it, was, it was lovely though. It's nice thing to do. And what what do you think about Elf and Reenie? Do you think they, do you think they were suited? Uh, well, no, people didn't. Members of the class never thought so. We we were all right. We we worked very well together. We were we were fine, you know. And and it, it, it was didn't matter to me, and it didn't matter to Brian. I don't think. And uh, but and then we worked well together, fine. And we had a bit of fun, you know. And it was uh, it, it, it it worked it worked very well. I, I think the, the writers didn't quite know what to do with us because. Um, Brian had said right at the very beginning, I believe he'd said, right at the very, he said, he said, I would like a happy marriage. I'd like it to be a happy one. He said, because, you know, marriages are always splitting up and, and, and there's drama. He said, why can't I always just be mundane, an, an ordinary marriage, you know? And, and of course, they can't do ordinary. You know, they've got to do big stories and stuff. So, of course, that, uh, and of course, the big story was him being a widow. Indeed, well, we'll come up to that in a moment. But of course, while you were in the in the program, this was the this was the sort of late seventies. So, as you say, you got all the older characters who'd been there a long mm. time; they were mm. still there. But yeah, you also yeah. got some newer ones. You got Ivy, I think, was in there at that point, and That's right. you know all those kind of people. So the cast was starting to grow a bit, wasn't it? Oh was, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. So there was the ones that uh, Ivy and and all the ones in the in the they were all they'd all been you know, and, and sort of. There were singers and and dancers and, and musical artists, you know, uh, uh, Lynn Perry and and uh, Liz Dawn. Oh, she's lovely. Yeah. They were they were lovely. But um, uh, uh, although Doris was so 
very nice to them. She always thought um, uh, she always thought them as, uh, of them as turns rather, rather than actors. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Oh yes, it, yes, and uh, not dis- not in a great disparaging way at all, but just th- th- that's the sort of word she gave them, you know. Because uh, I suppose because they hadn't. But then neither had she. She she hadn't come up that way. Her parents were 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 in in uh, variety, you know. And she was carried around. She was born in a trunk, you know. It was sort, sort of, of uh, <laughs> life for her when she was a child. Yes, indeed, indeed. Mm. And of course, you were you were there um, when, of course, the fantastic Jean Alexander was still in the program. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. And how 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 was it with her? Because she was very different in real life, wasn't she? Well, yes, she was. She was she was just very remote. I mean, she didn't talk much, and she was she was just very remote. I can't. I, there's absolutely nothing I could tell you about her because you know, she was perfectly nice, and but I, I didn't know her at all. Nobody did. I don't think. I don't think anybody really. We all admired her. My goodness, I think we did. She was very, very good, but she was um, she was just remote and uh, 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 perfectly nice. But, uh, but I didn't know her really. So I, got the, I, I, get, I can't tell you much about her. I get the impression I, I interviewed her when she was still alive, and I get the impression she was quite a private lady, actually. Quite. She was. She yeah. was. She yeah. was quite remote. You didn't know. You know. She. 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 She didn't. She, she never got to know anything. She never, she never mixed socially. Now, occasionally, you see, we did make friends, did make personal friends. In fact, I have always just admitted, put the phone down on, on Thelma Barlow, oh. uh, uh, who, who played Mavis, uh, uh, who became a close friend of mine, and um, and, and I have, have one, one or two. Uh, whereas she never made close friends like that. You know, she just went home. She came on the train from Southport, uh, to Salford Station, she walked back to Salford Station from um, uh, Granada. Got on the train. She liked to catch the twenty past four train. She used to be a little bit annoyed if she had to wait for the twenty past five train, and um, and that was more or less it, you know. And, and she didn't. I once met her mother. Uh, she once brought her mother. We once had had a, had a little scene together outside in a garden. Don't ask me why, but. Um, uh, and she brought her mother, who was charming, lovely lady. And but that's the nearest I ever got to her socially. It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting because some people—I mean, some people are like that. That's you know, that's the way they work, mm, isn't it? Mm, you know, absolutely. Um, now, of course, um, you mentioned um, Thelma Barlow, who eventually, of course, uh, ended up being Mavis in the shop, didn't she? That's how we became friends. I didn't know her slightly because I—I'd become. I'd become part of the furniture at Granada by ne- being in Nearest and Dearest. So I did know quite a few people vaguely, you know. But, and and um, I was in Nearest and Dearest, and, I'm, and, and she came in the street, and I met her in the canteen, and, uh, and that was that. And then when I went in the, in, into the street, she was there. She was permanently in the street when I went in. And... Um, uh, and we we became we became quite close friends. As I said, I've only just put the telephone down from talking to her. Fabulous, fabulous. When you started in '76, I think that was also the year that Johnny Briggs started as Mike Bolden. Yeah, well, we started. We started within a, a, a week or two of one another. I can't remember which was first, but uh, but I know that he used to. We used to cling together a little bit, and uh, and he because he lived in London, he got expenses, whereas I didn't because I lived in the north of England. And he said, he said, I've got. I've got some extra uh, and he used to call it his Guinness money. And he said, "Come on, we'll go. I'll, I'll take, I'll take you out for lunch." And so he would take me out for lunch quite often with his, with his expenses. 
and uh, it was, it, and we got, we, we were, we were, we were great, good friends. Yes, it was, it was, it was great. It was, uh, it was Johnny. Yes, we used to have a few laughs together. They were, it was good. I was there with when Pat Phoenix was there, and all I could say is about Pat Phoenix. I couldn't take my eyes off her for the first two days. She was incredibly beautiful. She just was so beautiful. She had. Uh, lovely red hair, and she had amber eyes. I, I, she, she was stunning to look at, and um, uh, and she was a nice woman too. She smoked like a chimney. Uh, so did Jean Alexander, by the way. She—that's one thing I do remember about Jean. She she was a more or less chain smoker, you know. Which and and she'd have a tot of whiskey. That's about the thing that uh, Jean Alexander. You, you wouldn't think about, would you? <laughs> That that's what well, she did. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't at all. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put her down as a chain smoker. Well, well, well Hilda was, of course. <laughs> Hilda was, yeah, yeah. So, so, so was Jean. <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean, Pat Phoenix and and Doris and Violet who played, uh, you know, we're going back to a period now when they were, in a way, they were. Well, I mean, people in TV programs today are, are, are stars and all of it, but they were huge in a way, weren't they? Oh, huge, absolutely huge. And of course, they all came. Nobody knew who they were. You know, they, they weren't they weren't stars when they started it. They they um, they were going in into this little thing at Granada for for sort of six weeks, and um, that's all they thought it was. And um, and of course, it. It's still going after 60 years. It's amazing. Yeah, and, of, of course, the, I mean, the, the period you were in it is my favourite period because it's just when I first started watching When you were it. a child. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. of course, there was also Bette Lynch, of course, who was, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, Julie yeah, Goodyear. Julie and I got off very well together. Was, she was... Now, of course, today they do episode after episode after episode. In those they days, do. I think it they was two, two, two a week. In our what? days, we did two a week. We did, uh, yes, we started, we, our... Our schedule was fil- if you if you were in film in any of the filming you went in on Monday, and then you started Monday afternoon rehearsing. We did a little bit of rehearsal of of, of uh, not a rehearsal. We did we never did a read through. You did a little rehearsal on on Monday afternoon because you'd done the filming in the morning. Uh, all day Tuesday working. Wednesday we did the production producers run of two two uh, uh, shows. And then Thursday we had off. We we didn't come in on Thursday, and we until Thursday afternoon, uh, about one o'clock, and we started recording, the beginning, and and we and we worked until half past six, and then we came in at whatever time you were called on Friday and worked till half past six, and hopefully you got two, two shows in the can. Dear Miss Jones, may I call you Clementina? Firstly, may I say how nice it was to meet you in the park yesterday. Distinct Comedy presents Letters from one Border Terrier pup to another. Apparently, socks that cannot accommodate toes because they have large holes where said toes should be fail to fulfil any real purpose. Based on true events seen through canine eyes. I now know that I'm definitely afraid of both heights and, not surprisingly, of big ladies. Dear Clementina, new episodes every Thursday, available to listen now at distinctnostalgia.com. Sincerely yours, Stanley Burke. Woof! You spent four years in it. 
And that's quite a long time to be in a huge, which was a, yeah, I mean, it's still a huge programme, but in those days it was even bigger than it is today in many ways. You know, it's the nearest, it's the nearest an actor ever gets to a proper job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, because, and, and, it, and it worked very well for me because I had a young family and, um, and, and, and I, could, I could drive to work and, and drive back and still get things for a meal and, and so on. And my husband wasn't in the business, but had a, he had a, his own career. And, and it was, it was um, a, a, a very normal life. You know, I went to work and, um, and it, was, it was sort of a normal life. Uh, which which actors don't usually have uh, because you're either working at night if you're in the theatre you're working during the day and usually away from home filming or or or, or tele in a television studio if you're working during the day uh, so it isn't like it isn't like being a teacher or working in a bank or you know or working in a shoe factory it, it, it it's not a it's not a proper job you know it, it, it and people don't think so now from, from a story I remember uh, of um, of a my mother used to look after the pick the children up sometimes if I couldn't do and she and she would she was waiting for them one day outside school and uh, and a young woman came up to her and she said can you see these two little girls that are coming out of school now she said um, they're my they're my Chendall's daughters and my mother said oh oh yes she said mm. they don't look neglected do they Awful, isn't it? Awful. Isn't it? So, my mother was so embarrassed by it, she went and hid behind a tree because because the, the, these two little girls naturally would be caught to her and this woman would be very embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. My mother went to hide so this woman would be embarrassed about what she just said. It's extraordinary. But that's what people thought in, in, in places like that then, you know, that... that, that you know, they don't do that. You know, you work, you're, right, you're, you're fine if you're a teacher, or fine if you work in a bank and so on, but, you know, you don't do that. <laughs> it's, it's so strange. You were sort of letting the side down a bit, I suppose. That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. And, and women just didn't do that, you know. I suppose it would have been all right for a if, if my husband had done it. I suppose that would have been all right. But, uh, but, but, but you know, but, but women sort of, no, no. The times have changed. Did um, did it change your life though? Uh, not. I suppose it might have done. I don't really know. Quite. A, uh, I, I would have taught had I not done that. I kind of gone back to teaching. Um, I might have done. I don't know. I don't really know. Um, it just happened so ordinarily. Um, the way the progress me doing that that I didn't even give it a thought to be honest it, it was just something I did and, and that was I just got on with it and I don't know that it changed it changed my life particularly uh, uh, I can't see us living anywhere else really and, and uh, uh, we I don't know I mean I suppose my wage helped uh, but then I would have I would have been earning a wage of some sort anyway so did it alter the way People saw you for other parts, or oh it, yes, yeah. it, it, yes, it did that. Oh yes, it did that. It it, it had both really. Um, some people wouldn't employ me because I've been in the street, and some were very happy to do so because I had. Just thinking about your character and her her image, as it were, you know, her hair and her glasses and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. I mean, how much of that? How much of that was you? Was, or was that oh, all? Well, most of it, because I mean, my hair is red. It's, it's, I mean, I'm 82 and it still is a bit, and uh, which is very nice. Um, but uh, but I'm I'm very very short sighted, and so I said to, I said to Bill Podmore, I said I'll have to wear my glasses um, because I didn't wear them in Nearest and Dearest, and it's and it's very difficult when because I'm particularly short sighted, uh, very, and um, and I had thick glasses, and 
I said, I, I said, I can't do all the props in a shop without my glasses on. And so I went to my optician and, and had some made that I didn't wear ordinarily, you know, that I would just wear, I just wore for the shop, for the, for the programme. But they it were was my prescription. Right, okay, I get you. Mm. <laughs> I remember the glasses, I remember the glasses, I remember your hair. <laughs> and I remember, I remember the green dress. And the aprons. And the apron, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, apron. yeah. And then there, there was one or two storylines, little storylines, things that happened, which you, I don't know if you remember these. What about oh, this one where um, <laughs> Rini accompanies Alf, uh, Fred G and Mavis on a fishing trip? Oh, God. <gasps> Do you remember this? I remember that, I remember that. Uh, yes, this is Thelma and I. Oh, God, and I can't swim. And I said, uh, you do know that I can't swim. And they said, oh, Christ, that's a, that's a bit of a drawback. You know, anyway, uh, and, they, and they said so. So they had um, a double, uh, um, well, it was a man, actually, uh, a man to come in and just and just do it when I had to go underneath, when I had to go under the water, which I had to do. Uh, but, but Thelma and I splashed about in the water, you know, and did all that. Oh, it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but uh, and, and anyway, they, they gave us a, a, a tot of brandy afterwards when we, we brought us out. Where was it filmed, do you know? Do you know where... <laughs> I can't remember no. where it was filmed. I can't not remember. It's a rather nice, a rather nice place with a lovely little river, and it was very picturesque. And <laughs> what do you call Fred G? Fred Feast in real life. Fred Feast, that's right, Fred Feast. And he used to live at Scarborough, and uh, and and he'd have to stay in in, um, in Manchester during the week. But on Monday he came straight from home, and he and he used to say uh, on on Friday, he'd say, "Do you want any any fish or anything?" He said, "He said they do lovely crabs and things." And he, he used to bring with uh, you know half a dozen crabs and things like that and, and dole them out to the to the cast we'd order them on a Friday and he'd bring them on a Monday it was great I think he was in uh, he was in um, Kez wasn't he as well like um, I think he was yes, like Lynn Perry was yeah. in Kez as well wasn't she yeah yeah that's yeah, right yeah. Yeah. Going, going back now in terms of your your marriage to Elf apparently mm. everyone thought that, that Elf was marrying you for your money apparently that's oh, what they thought right? at the time yeah <laughs> And, oh, I can't remember. And you ended up having a, a, a very a very small service in a registry office. That's right, we did, yes, we did. Um, I remember that, yes. And I had a, I had a get green, like a peppermint-coloured little sort of silky suit on and a little half hat with feathers on. Oh, I remember your hat. I remember the hat. I remember the hat. And my big glasses. Fabulous, fabulous. So, so yeah, so, I mean, it was an interesting, interesting time. And then, of course, it came to... You know, you were in, the, in it for four years, and I think you were. I think you were there when they had the ITV strike, weren't you? Were you there I that was. year? I remember. I remember somebody. Um, oh, oh, Stephen Hancock played played um, Ernest Bishop, who was married to to Emily. And I remember being on the on the floor. Uh, this wasn't the main strike. This, but he caused a strike by by um, uh, the, we were we, they always used to stop at four o'clock for cups of tea and so on. And and when we got back and and and, and Stephen wanted to, he was desperate to catch his train. He lived in Stratford. He was desperate to catch his train. And he said, he said oh, "Come on, let's 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 get on with it." Oh, come on, where are they? Let's get on with it. And he said, "Well, we, we can't we can't get on because we're waiting for for somebody to to come and just couple the sink up because she had to turn the water on." And uh, so oh, God, he said, I'll do it. And so he, he just got on and he coupled it up and it caused a strike. It caused a strike. They all walked out. Oh, God. Uh, when was the strike? It was 79. Oh, was it? Oh, I was then. Yes, he was then. It was then. Yes, yes. Um, were they doing Bride Head Revisited then? That was on, no, that was on a couple of years later. 
Yes, um, but they were doing it then. They might they have been filming. Yeah, they might have been filming it. They were filming it. I know. I remember. I remember seeing them. I remember. Yes, it's true because they, they were ages before they could get the the two two fellas together again, Jeremy Irons and um, Anthony Andrews. Yes, that's right. That's right. And they worked quite some time before they could get them together again. I mean, Granada. When you think about it, did some massive projects, didn't they? I mean, oh, there, was, they did. there was that, oh, and there was Julian the Crown. Oh, yeah. and... You were always sitting next to to uh, somebody. You know. I mean, I I was asked. Uh, I happened to be out of the street for a couple of weeks, you know, and um, they'd written me out. So, you know, they actually do write, they do write you out. And uh, and I was I wasn't I wasn't uh, in. I think uh, I think Brian and I were supposed to be on honeymoon. I think, and um, uh, and and Laurence Olivier would, would, was doing a play at Granada called um, Hindle Wakes, and and he picked a cast that that really didn't have Lancashire accents. So they asked. Could two people from the street go and and just keep talking to them so that they pick our accents up, and uh, and I and Brian and I went, uh, and they, no, you see, you couldn't get that sort of job anywhere else. And there was Laurence Olivier, you know, sort of, it was wonderful. There was always always somebody there that was that, that you went, oh heavens, oh just so look, it's almost Sharif walking through, you know, ah oh, gracious, uh, yes, there was, there was always that sort of going on. <laughs> In terms of your. Your character's departure, as it were, in in nineteen eighty. I mean, all that that. I mean, they they really did go to town in terms of writing you out. It's quite a dramatic end, oh, ending, no, it wasn't was. it? Oh, gorgeous, yes, it was. It was very dramatic. Mm. I mean, it's ages to film. You'd been now the, the storyline had been that you'd been learning to drive, hadn't you, or something? That's right. That's right. Yes, yes. And, and uh, I was arguing with with uh, Brian, who who was who was in with me. I, I had I had had proper lessons because I know there was a, a man came in to to be. The, the the driving instructor I remember uh, nice fella who came in to be the driving instructor just to, just as a guest appearance and and um, uh, so I know I remember having driving instructions from him and and do and doing a bit of of, of that uh, and then I was in the car with with Brian I think yes I was in the car with Brian I think and 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 and, and it came to a temporary uh, temporary lights and, and and they were they were they were green, and and I couldn't get and I slowed down to stop it. They were and I couldn't get it going again. And 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 uh, and it, it just and I got it going. Uh, and just as it changed again to red, and and of course naturally there was a big glory coming the other way, and it crashed into me. I remember it really well, like yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre, isn't it? I was. Oh, thank I was God got... they did. Thank God they did the. Uh, I said, I said, just a minute before we do this. Can I, can I just? I said, I'm not going to go through the windscreen. And uh, they said, uh, no, 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 what they do is, and and they did it, and then they reversed. The shot, right? To look like you know, to look like I'm. It was very technical. And I, re- all of that. I remember it. I remember it really well, and I was only six years old at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, my, my one of my daughters was fourteen, and and she crawled onto my knee when we were watching it, oh, <laughs> with oh. her arms around it. And she was. That was our youngest daughter. She was fourteen at the time, and they're too big for sitting on mummy's knee, but she she did. Oh, now it didn't go. It didn't go down very. It didn't go down very well with viewers, did it? They didn't want you written out, did they? No, was... they didn't want me written out. No, I, I got a lot of letters. A lot of letters. I still. It's very, very odd. I still get fan letters now. Only, only two or three, you know. But, but uh, I still get. I still get. Still get them now and again. I, I got one the other day. Uh, it was my birthday yesterday, and I got a. I got a card which said. Um, which said, uh, Madge Hindle, uh, television actress. And ex mayoress of Blackburn, settle. And I got it. Fabulous. I mean, that's amazing that it can get, get to you, isn't it, really? I mean. Yeah. <laughs>
take 23. Distinct Comedy presents... Oh, hello. I'm uh, I'm Jolien Karp. I'm, uh, I'm doing a voiceover. Oh, hello. Experience a day in the life of voiceover guy. Take 13. I'm playing a pirate. Are you sure you're in the right place? Written and performed by Jonathan Kidd. Take 24. Aha! Splice the main brace, me hearties. Get on down to Captain Jacob's boat supplies. Sail is now on. Get it? Oh, good. Let's treat that one as a run-through. Aha! Available now on the Distinct Comedy Podcast. Okay, then. Can we do a series of less piratical wild ahas in threes and we'll splice them on? That okay, Paul? The trials and tribulations of a life spent in voiceover. Sorry, I only have two lemon with honey. I'd like my coffee. I shall scream without a coffee. New and original comedy. Softer. Aha! Well, actually, on reflection, I'm not happy with them. I like what we had, all rough and piratey. Listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or I might have to give you a black spot. That was blood out of a stone. Won't use him again. Eh. You've had a, as well as Coronation Street, you've had an illustrious career. And, you know, well, the stuff I, that... I, I, I've, I've, I've had a career. <laughs> <laughs> but, but before Corrie, of course, you were in Nearest and Dearest, of which you, which is, was very special to you, wasn't it? You, you did a lot with Nearest and Dearest. And you've done things... Well, it was, things. My, first, it was my first um, series, yes. Yes, it was the first first time that that uh, it was it was a series. And I had, you know, it was sort of like a proper job, yeah. And you were working with some real characters there, weren't you? Oh, with knobs on, yes, I was indeed. Jimmy and Hilda, oh, goodness me. They never got on together at all, and, um, which was great for the, for the actual character because they didn't get on. They weren't supposed to get They were always shouting at one, one another, another in, in, in the, the, uh, the scripts and so on, you know. And uh, the storylines were always about them falling out and everything, which was good that they actually did. I mean, they didn't like one another at all. And it was because, that, because they both been variety artists and... And Hilda had been on her own, except she used to have a stooge. But it was a stooge, and it could be anybody. It wasn't a, it wasn't a partner. Whereas Jimmy had had a partner, uh, Ben Warris, uh, Jimmy Jewell and Ben Warris. And, and I, didn't, I didn't like to say to Jimmy Jewell that I'd asked him for his autograph when, on Blackpool Central Pier when I was about seven. I, did, I didn't like to tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I, I listened to a play not so long ago on Radio 4 about Hilda Baker, where yeah. Alison Stedman played Hilda Baker. It was only a 45-minute thing. Yeah. And I, I, Hilda Baker, Nearest and Dearest, came a little bit before what I remember, you know, as a kid. I don't quite remember Nearest yes, and Dearest. Yes, it was. It was, it was, in, the, it was in the late 60s, early 70s. Exactly. And, but, but I learnt a lot through this 45-minute thing. I mean, she, she, was a, she was a strange woman in many oh, ways, wasn't she? she? was a dragon. Uh, well, you see, she wasn't really. You see... People didn't like it. She was she was difficult. She was very very difficult, and you could see you could see right through her. She was a child, you know. It was it was you could sit back and just watch how she how she behaved, and she was she and it really was insecurity. You could just see it burst out of her soul. This insecurity, and and you could just you could just see that, and 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 she was you know she was a she was a little ugly person, and and she wanted to be beautiful and glamorous and so on you know and and of course she she she, she didn't take to me because i was because i was a 30 years younger than she was and 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 the same sort of age as the producer and the writers and the and, and the director you know and, and and we were all of an age and 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 um and she was she was a bit jealous of me uh in that respect but i understood why she was i could see that because she'd been a big big star 
she had been a, a, and, and this was acting and she could act she was the one who could act uh, there was no question about that and other than Jimmy uh, of the two if we're putting the two of them together she made me laugh and you can't you can't dislike somebody who makes you laugh Indeed, indeed. Did you? I mean, did, obviously, there was the intensity of doing the the comedy, but did you? Did you all socialise as well? Yes. Well, 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 Jimmy never did. Jimmy wasn't, no. wasn't didn't socialise at all. Not at all. He definitely never. He didn't speak much to anybody. He was a solitary figure. Um, he was all right with me. He was fine. I went on tour with him at one point, but uh, he, he was all right. He was all right, but he he wasn't he wasn't a sociable uh, animal at all. Uh, he thought he was, but he wasn't. And um, but but Hilda wanted to be desperately wanted to be sociable, and she would be. She'd do little things like you'd be behind her in the in the in in the in the um, canteen queue, and uh, and she'd say she'd say to when you were paying at the till, she'd say I'll get that, and and she would get you lunch for you, you know things like that. She was very generous, and then she'd say. Um, uh, and sometimes the the producer Peter Eckersley, who who became a great friend of mine, and um, and, and and one or two others, they'd say uh, they'd come to the door when we were rehearsing and 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 and, and give a give a, um, a little acknowledgement of are you going for a drink tonight? You know, flick your hand up and and um, just before we came home, and I and I'd nod, and then she'd say, are you going for a drink? And and so I, I you know she wanted to be with us and and that even though she was a lot older than us, you know. She she thought she was uh, 30, you know, and she, she used to do a wonderful sketch of getting, sitting on top of a, a, a bar stool. And it was hilarious. And, and she was just very, very funny, naturally very, very funny. And, um, uh, and, she, and you could see where this, the insecurity was, you know, and she, was, she wasn't good at learning lines. Um, that was always difficult. And it used to send Jimmy Oh, he used to go raving mad, and because uh, he knew all his lines, but I used to say, "Well, yeah, you know, he knows his lines, and that's about all. You know, it, it takes more than learning your lines to be an actor, and which is very." But, but I mean, she was, for my mind, she was a lot better than him, and um, although she had. She had an awful lot wrong, you know. And she she did she wouldn't learn her lines, or she couldn't learn them. I don't quite know which, and and it was because she was sort of always interfering, always wanted to see get get it right, and and she'd look and you'd think, and I could tell I knew that she thought he wasn't doing it the way she wanted him to do it, and of course she wasn't in a position to say so, and she didn't say so, but it used to throw her very much, you know, and that so therefore this 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 animosity crept in. Oh. God, it was, it was, oh, it was a thing and a half. It was extraordinary. So much so that, that in the business, everybody talked about it. And, and we used to get a guest every week. There would be a guest come to play a, a, a small part or something. And uh, and they'd all they'd all come and say, oh, we're dying to come into nearest and nearest, you know. And you'd you'd meet people and they say, have you done your nearest and nearest yet? <laughs> and things that sort of thing. But you know, it was it was talked about in the business very much. It, it lasted a long time, didn't it? It was on quite a long time. It was five years, I think, on and off. Yes, yes but, but I mean not continually. You know, we we did one in the we did a clump in the spring and a clump in the autumn or something like that. I can't just remember, but uh, we did certainly did two series. Um, we'd do thirteen or four. 14 programs a year um, in, t- in two lots, you know, because I know I, I know I went, I went to the theatre in between. Uh, at one point. It's quite it's quite in- it's quite interesting that Bill, because Bill obviously knew you in that uh, in nearest and nearest, mm. and then decided that he wanted you to do Coronation Street. Yeah. But in those yeah. days, what tended to happen with 
with serials or soap operas or whatever was that you didn't tend to they didn't tend to use people who had been in other things who were well known in other things did they no they didn't no they didn't well i wasn't terribly well known you see i wasn't recognizable in nearest and dearest because i was only 20 i was only about i think i was about 28 when i started and i was about 30 32 or 3 when we finished i can't remember i was only in my very early 30s late late 20s early 30s when i did that and of course i played a middle-aged woman and and so i wasn't recognized at all in the street so it was quite safe actually to go into other things you know people people didn't recognize me from nearest and dearest thank goodness what was bill podmore like as a as a producer Oh, it was all right. I mean, I knew him when I was a cameraman. He was a cameraman on uh, on Nearest and Dearest yeah. at the first, yeah. and um, uh, and then he and then he uh, uh, the first series he was he was one of the cameramen, and um, and June Housen directed it. Peter Records had produced it, and and. Um, uh, and June Housen directed it. That was the first two series, I think. And then, and then the next one, Bill was was directing it. And and as I said, Bill had been a camera, very very good camera. Uh, and uh, that's that was his come from. I just always remember his name being at the end of the credits and loads yeah, of programmes, right. you know. Uh, Brass, yeah, I think yeah. he was he was producer of Brass as well. And, uh, yes, he was. Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah. No, he did lots of things, did Bill, yeah. No, yeah. He, did, he, was, he was very good. He was, he was, he was, he was very good. He was, he was and very, very concerned. It was... You know, once once she upset me once on the actually on the floor on the on the uh, as we were recording, and and I was sort of stifling back tears. You know, she was being quite a not very nice to me, and um, and 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 obviously they saw this. We know what's happening to Marjorie. He came down on the floor, and um, and sorted it out in the in the in the most wonderful way, without saying anything without a showdown or anything like that you know and 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 he did it absolutely spot on you know uh getting it uh, uh writing it and and it was uh she was she was being she, she was being, being quite, quite unkind and so on you know and yeah anyway uh she used to do little tricks like that but as i say you know she did make me laugh. <laughs> well, let's um, let's just round up um, and, and talk just finally about Coronation Street because this is the 60th year. There's something about serials or soaps, isn't there, that people do connect with. It's something yes, quite they do. special. Yes, yeah. they do. They do. Mm-hmm. Why do you, Why do you think that is? What do you think it is about that kind of thing? Well, it, 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 I think it's because it's. It, 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 they get used to seeing it. They get used to seeing that these people are entering into their into their sitting rooms twice a week or three times a week, and and they think they know them, and uh, and, and and it gets to a point where I mustn't miss it. I mustn't miss it. Now they don't need to miss it, of course, because um, because there's iPad and iPod and God knows what, and um, <laughs> so you know they're all right. But um, but I mean in in, in my day, you know, you, you'd be in at seven thirty if you wanted it, and um, and people were. Indeed, and indeed. Mm, they pull things off for, for, for Coronation oh, Street sometimes. You, you, know. you, you had to be there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. So when you look back at it, your time in it, when I mean, obviously I brought back some memories today because we've been talking about it, but mm. what's your sort of, what's the lasting thing that you always remember about being in the programme? Um, well, it was a very happy time of my life. It was very happy. Uh, for, not just because of Coronation Street, but because it, 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 being in something like that allowed me to have a very normal family life. As I say, it was a proper job. And uh, and we had a very nice family. And it, and it was just at the right time when the girls were, they were sort of, uh, what would they be, about 11 and 9 or something like that they were, you know. And, and, and uh, uh, it was rotten for them at times. 
Um, you know, because maybe go on holiday. I remember going on holiday. Um, I remember being in, in Paris and somebody and, and, and being on the Champs Elysees, and, and I remember somebody shouting across, saying, "Hello, Rini, how much is sugar in your shop?" And you know, think people used to say that all the time. You know, and uh, and it wasn't so easy for the for my girls, you know, and, and and my husband, but they weathered it and they didn't mind at all. You know, and it was a bit a bit of a nuisance for them at school sometimes. You know, the people were a bit jealous of all of that. They had to they had to they had to deal with all that but um but they did and 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 they're, they're fine and and of course one of the daughters is in is in the business itself so it, it was a very nice time of my life a very nice time it's been fascinating talking to you and um, it's been it, it's taken me back i'm, I'm thinking about <laughs> a, a little boy sat there watching it on the television <laughs> and and I and I saw you the other night. You you were on it. You were on again in the uh, in one of the episodes of Open All Hours. I saw that the other night. Actually, oh, okay. oh, they keep show, they keep showing the uh, old episodes of Open All Hours. Yes, yes, it's, it's, it's amazing. That was a really happy part of my life I, being with Ronnie Bar. Really, really nice to talk to you, Madge. It's been lovely. And Thank you. Take yes. care. No, nice to speak with you. Bye Thank bye. you. Bye bye. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM. And you can hear lots more programmes via the Distinct Nostalgia player. June Brown talks about the early days of EastEnders. I wouldn't like her for a neighbour, not in the old days, because she was a right old gossip and, <laughs> and she was prejudiced a lot. Yeah. But uh, they used her to get rid of prejudice, you know, particularly in the gay storyline with Michael Cashman. Yeah. Henry Kelly is back and going for gold. In any quiz programme, you've got to concentrate what the point is and I have to watch my breathing we learned how to control me the contestants and the computer that was part of the gimmick yes. of going for good yes. these programmes and many more are all available now at distinctnostalgia.com get in touch via the contact us page on the website bye for now Distinct Nostalgia is brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. We've lots of activities for you to do at home at liferooms.org. Staying well, staying home.